And with that, this is going to be the beginning of the tip show. Hope you guys have missed me because I have missed you as well. We've got lots of requests tonight, and it should be a very fun evening. I have been, unfortunately, regaling the crowd that showed up early with Game of Thrones theory. Uh, I think I talked a little bit about Sims murders. I made fun of people's screen names. It's, you know, that kind of typical thing. Uh, before we get started on this, I just want to say, if you think that I sound better... Oh, we should absolutely move to Jack Speaks. Whoops. If you think that I sound better lately, uh, it's because I do. So thank you so much for noticing. The only thing that I can't do right now is sing, but besides that, I actually feel pretty uh, amazing. I have uh, been taking medication for the last week, another round, and a new round of it. Uh, I've got about a, a little less than a week left, and uh, I simply feel fantastic. And I've been healing up and just loving life the last week. It's really improved my mood, my mindset, and everything else. I have felt very sexy this last week. I have felt uh, very strong and very capable, and I have felt incredibly lazy. You have no idea. Just total indolence. The The only feeling that I can use to describe it is the whole, what you gals tell me with your bra coming off at the end of a long day, the first, like you walk in, you take off the bra, like that, but for my whole body. I uh, I got the medication and they said, okay, so just to let you know, you have to take it perfectly. You have to take it the 12 hours apart and all that shit. And uh, the first two days that you take it, you're probably not going to feel anything. First two, three days, probably going to be like normal. And so I I woke up the second day. And as I, as I started to wake up, I started to feel a little bit better. And then I woke up the third day and I started like, okay, I do. I feel it. And I woke up the fourth day. And I can't sing right now, but it's like, oh, what a glorious feeling. Like, I was just, I was elated. Like, I woke up that fourth day, and I just, I sprang out of bed so hard that the cat got flung off me and didn't forgive me for hours. Oh, my God. I woke up the neighbors. It was fantastic. It was really great. It was, it was, <laughs> it was a lovely thing. And, uh, so it's, it's only been a couple of days. Oh, I got to turn that off. Sorry. I've got a little notification buzzing in my ear. Uh, there we go. <laughs> and I have simply felt uh, very, very, very good since. I, uh, I just want to thank everybody for helping me get to this point. Typically speaking, if you go back and you listen to the project and you listen to all the points that I took some time off, starting in February 2017 until now, any time that I took a period of time off, you can hear how much better I sounded on the other side of that. Fingers crossed, this is between season one and season two is going to be the biggest jump of that. I, uh, I, I just, I feel very, very relaxed. I feel very capable. I feel very happy. And uh, that's, I just wanted to make that announcement before the show. Thank you guys so much for, for, Sticking with me through a depressive episode, uh, through all of the illness and all the recovery that I guess will never end, because I do keep sounding better and I do keep feeling better. And uh, yeah, 
Thank you very much. I'm a lucky, lucky boy because of you guys. And I know it. I hope you think that I show it. I hope you think that I feel it. I hope you think that I'm grateful for it. If not, the Anon comments and the asks are open. Curious Cat and Tumblr, I do read them. I do sincerely consider uh, every request you guys give, all the criticism and all the rest. I truly do. And uh, this is a great time to send in any kind of advice or any kind of desire or anything like that. Oh, goodness. Thank you so much. I do sound so good. But I, I do keep sounding better. That's just all there is to it. Once I get out of here, once I get out of this shitty recording situation, it's also going to jump up a huge notch. And when you're depressed and when you're sick, you don't, I can't think of those kind of things. And this last week, I'm like, oh my God, I got to get the fuck out of here. Like that fire has been totally relit and uh, been looking at things again. I, I, uh, I, I feel really ready to, to tackle and, uh, and to get out there and that sort of thing. Oh gosh, the the live reaction is so nice. I hope you guys at home are enjoying my rambling and my blushing as much as the live girls are cuz they are bowing me. I've actually had to close my eyes. They're they're being too nice. <laughs> okay. That happens sometimes. And you know what else happens sometimes? Sometimes when a man loves a harem very very much, he does quick quotes. Quick quotes, I can't sing this week, but quick quotes, if you put it in between quotes, I will sing them, I can't sing as it is, quick quotes. Oh my goodness. If you have something you want me to say, this is where you can get me to say it. You just come to a live show, you type it into the server, I try and read it for you. Don't hold back now, babe. There's a great example. I just can't wait for your embrace tonight, kitten. When I want your opinion, little girl, I'll remove the gag. <laughs> Good girl. Keep them coming, girls. Keep those requests coming on in. You know I love to say them for you. <laughs> oh, you're all so sweet. You did a good job tonight, princess. Think you can handle what happens next? Shh. I know you want to scream, baby, but you'd better bite your lip. Unless you want everyone to know how much of a slut you are for me. Atta girl, I am very, very proud of you. Oh, if you find it silly, so do I, but who cares? Somewhere out there, there's a woman shivering in pleasure. It's worth it just for her. <laughs> uh, baby girl, 
Daddy's not done with you yet. Come on, girls, quick quotes before I have to shatter it up. If you don't quote, I have to move on to the next segment. You leave me no choice. Uh, as we wait for them to fill it up a little bit, uh, lately, on my side, as I'm going to sleep, this is how I get to sleep now, uh, I feel myself up, my biceps, my forearms a little bit, sometimes my chest and my torso. I like how muscular and dense it feels these days, and I just sort of stroke myself. I like feeling that that hardness uh, beneath the beneath the flab that's on top, quite frankly. And it makes me feel quite sexy, quite connected to my body, and quite inside it. And uh, as I as I get into those feelings, sometimes I'll drift off, and I'll be quite high, and I'll have just the biggest, hardest erection these days. Just, just, you can tell that my body was trying to make these erections happen, but just couldn't. And now I've got that Dragon Ball Z strength going on, like I was fighting against extra gravity, because they're just amazing, massive hard-ons. And I just love falling asleep with them. But I think I'd like it a lot better if I could fall asleep without one. Okay, so now we've got a cue feud up. <clears throat> On your knees, baby girl. Good night, and if you dream of me, remember, I like it rough. You like it when Daddy has his hand around your neck, don't you? Stop squirming. I'm not done tasting you yet. That's a good girl. Touch yourself for daddy. Now's not the time to be shy, little girl. How are you going to get what you need unless you show daddy just how you like it? Stay still, little girl. You don't want to disappoint Daddy, do you? Oh, I will give you what you want. But first, you need to ask very nicely. On the desk. I don't think you learned your lesson last night. All right, girls, finish up, especially if you're new. I'd love to read one from you. We're closing it up. We're closing it up. We're closing it up. Get the last ones in. <clears throat> yes, squirm for me, little girl. I like it when you struggle. Can you hear the dogs barking at my raw animal magnetism? Setting them off. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Now, for anybody who wants to write in and say that's not what she said, I'm just reading what was written. <laughs> Beg your daddy to fuck you harder. Beg for it.
Beg for me to use your body as I wish. Have you been a good boy lately? Oh, babe, it's cute that you think you have a say in this. And I guess we're going to finish with, wish you were here, naked, of course. And I read it like that because it kind of sounds like, uh, it kind of sounds like an old postcard. It kind of seems like that old postcard, like wish you were her, remember, with like a bikini model on the front, because the 90s were a different time. Do you guys, do you guys remember when you can denigrate women openly instead of having to be a little bit covert or stand-up comedian or YouTuber? Do you remember when you could do it in every profession instead of just those three? <laughs> that was not a planned joke. It just sounds like it was. That was actually just off the hip. That was just very funny. Ah, okay. All right. We're going to we're going to need to <laughs> uh. <laughs> It's nine o'clock. Do you wish that your wife was here and naked? <laughs> that is one of my favorite Simpsons quotes of all time, Homer, watching TV. It's ten o'clock. Do you know where your children are? I told you last night. No! <laughs> Gotta live life more like Homer. Okay. <clears throat> I don't ask for a luxurious life, the world's gold or its fine pearls. I ask for a happy heart, an honest heart, a pure heart, a pure heart full of goodness, more lovely than the pretty lily. Only a pure heart can sing. Sing, day and night. Kaylin Lan. John Hughes and Daniel James. Okay. <clears throat> what a sweet little accent to begin it on, yes? And yes, if you're having a good time, spread the fucking word, because I love these goddamn live shows, and the more of you, the more I like showing off. That's all there is to it. I'm a little bit of a show-off. Maybe you didn't tell? Maybe you couldn't tell? Maybe you didn't know? Maybe you didn't realize. <clears throat> it doesn't interest me what you do for a living. I want to know what you ache for. And if you dare to dream of meeting your heart's longing. It doesn't interest me how old you are. I want to know if you will risk looking like a fool for love, for your dreams, for the adventure of being alive. It doesn't interest me what planets are squaring your moon. I want to know if you have touched the center of your own sorrow, if you have been opened by life's betrayal, or have, ha if, or have become shriveled and closed 
from fear of further pain. I want to know if you can sit with pain, mine, on your own, without moving, to hide it, or fade it, or fix it. I want to know if you can be here with joy, mine or your own. If you can dance with wildness and let the ecstasy fill you to the tips of your fingers and toes, without cautioning us to be careful, be realistic, to remember the limitations of being human. It doesn't interest me if the story you are telling me is true. I want to know if you can disappoint another to be true to yourself, if you can bear the accusation of betrayal and not betray your own soul. I want to know if you can be faithless and therefore trustworthy. I want to know if you can see beauty, even when it is not pretty every day, and if you can source your own life from its presence. I want to know if you can live with failure, yours and mine, and still stand on the edge of a lake and shout to the silver of the full moon, yes! It doesn't interest me to know where you live or how much money you have. I want to know if you can get up after the night of grief and despair, weary and bruised to the bone, and do what needs to be done for the children. It doesn't interest me who you are or how you came to be here. I want to know if you will stand in the center of the fire with me and not shrink back. It doesn't interest me where or what with whom you have studied. I want to know what sustains you from the inside when all else falls away. I want to know if you can be alone with yourself and if you truly like the company you keep in all those empty moments. The Invitation by Oriah Mountain Dreamer. <clears throat> we walked into the bedroom, soft, sensual, sexual kisses. Passion pulls us even further, checking off needs from our list. Each moment brings us closer, and our clothes fell to the floor. A light had silhouetted us against the bedroom door. The scent of you still lingers, even in my mind today, moving to a lover's rhythm as erotic music played. Just completely captivated by your body and your touch, tasting, feeling, needing, wanting to continue in this lust. Laying near this bed of passion, our clothes scattered to the floor. Nothing comes into my mind except this, wanting more. While we whisper through the moments engulfed by this heated flame, we taught the realm of ecstasy with a fire too hot to tame. With lust and raw emotion, we fanned this flaming fire. The world had stopped its turning and consumed us with desire. 
aftermath of burning love, laying drained at passion's gate, energy for a moment shaken, yet desire is still in place. Exchanging words and laughter ends with simply, I love you. Holding on to each other, sleeping now that lust is through. Nighttime Lovers by William May <clears throat> I had to rip strength from deep inside myself to get up from off my knees when I was worn and weak from all that meant to break me. Left alone to find my way roaming the path of the unknown with a few good guides, many obstacles and crossroads and monsters to face, I learned independence. I learned no one was going to rescue me. Even when you were here, you stood by and watched as the weight upon my shoulders pushed me under the water. All you could do was walk away, not willing to watch me drown in the ocean of despair. And while your back was turned, I learned how to fucking swim. Entitled Poem, Madame K. Poetess Ooh, and after all the raving I've done, what a wonderful selection. <clears throat> this is the plum season, the nights blue and distended, the moon hazed. This is the season of peaches with their lush lobbed bulbs in the glow, in the dusk. Apples that drop and rot sweetly, their brown skins veined as glands, no more the shrilled voices that cried, need, need, from this cold pond, bladed and urgent as new grass. Now it is the crickets that say ripe, ripe, slurred in the darkness, while the plums dripping on the lawn outside our window burst with a sound like thick syrup, muffled and slow. The air is still warm, Flesh moves over flesh. There is no hurry. Late August by Margaret Atwood Can everybody hear me okay? It says my connection's going in and out. Am I cutting in and out for any of y'all? Okay. Perfect. Thank you. <clears throat> I think we may have done this one before, but I can't quite remember. I carry your heart with me. I carry it in my heart. I am never without it. Anywhere I go, my dear, and whatever is done by only me is your doing, my darling. I fear no fate, for you are my fate my sweet. I want no world, for beautiful you are my world, my true and only. It's you or whatever a moon has meant, and whatever a sun will always sing is you. Here is the deeper secret nobody knows. Here 
is the root of the root and the bud of the bud and the sky of the sky of a tree called life, which grows higher than soul can hope or mind can hide. And this is the wonder that's keeping the stars apart. I carry your heart. I carry it in my heart. I carry your heart with me. I carry it in my E. E. Cummings. So many lovely poems tonight. Quite a wonderful bouquet. Thank you to everybody who suggested anything. Aren't you also lovely? <clears throat> I wake in your bed. I know I have been dreaming. Much earlier. The alarm broke us free from each other. You've been at your desk for hours. I know when I dreamed. Our friend, the poet, comes into our room, where I've been writing for days. Drafts, carvings, poems are scattered everywhere. And I want to show her one poem, which is the poem of my life. But I hesitate and wake. You've kissed my hair to wake me. I dreamed you were a poem. I say a poem I wanted to show someone. And I laugh and fall into dreaming again of the desire to show you to everyone I love. To move openly together in the pole of gravity, which is not simple, which carries the feathered grass a long way down the up-breathing air. Poem 2 by Adrian Rich Adrian Rich imagery? More like it. All right. The time will come when, with elation, you will greet yourself arriving at your own door, in your own mirror, at each with smile at each other's welcome. And say, sit here, eat. You will love again the stranger who was yourself. Give wine, give bread, give back your heart to itself to the stranger who has loved you, all your life, whom you ignored for another, who knows you by heart. Take down the love letters from the bookshelf, the photographs, the desperate notes. Peel your own image from the mirror. Sit. Feast on your life. Oh, I loved that. I loved that one. It was called Love After Love, and there's... Oh, Love After Love by Derek Walcott. Never heard of Derek Walcott before, but I loved that. Oh, goodness. Thank you to whoever suggested that. That was very nice. I agree with Mr. Walcott. Feast on yourself, girls. That way, there's always enough to go around. Okay. I seem to have loved you in numberless forms, numberless times, in life after life, in age after age, 
forever. My spellbound heart has made me remind the necklace of songs that you take as a gift, or around your neck in your many forms, in life after life, in age after age, forever. Whenever I hear old chronicles of love, its age-old pain, its ancient tale of being apart or together, as I stare on and on into the past, in your end, your emerge, clad in the light of a pole star, piercing the darkness time. You become an image of what is remembered forever. You and I have floated here on the stream that brings from the fount and the heart of time, love of one for another. We have played alongside millions of lovers, shared in the same shy sweetness of meeting, the same distressed tears of farewell, old love, but in shapes that renew and renew forever. Today, it is heaped at your feet. It has found its end in you, the love of all man's days, both past and forever. Universal joy, universal sorrow, universal life. The memories of all loves merging with this one love of ours, and the songs of every poet, past and forever. Unending love, no author given. Well, that was poetry, so let's throw out a lip for or a, a link for tips, because my God, how can you not tip me after all that? Thank you to all the girls who snuck in. You're all so sweet. Thank you for coming in after the show started. Too shy for me to say your names, but I'll get you one day. I'll lure you into my little candy house. And I'll eat you up. <sighs> Unless you don't want me to. Unless you don't want to be lured in and eaten. In which case, I'll... I, I'm a respectful witch. I promise. I only eat children when I have their consent. It's just, have you seen kids these days? Oh my god, they basically walk right into my mouth. I just detach my jaw... And they just roll on in. Half of them have just taken a pre-SAT. And typically a benzo or two. And they just, ah, and they just roll right in. Hum. Hum, 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 hum. I've got a cousin. He lives in Japan. He just waits for the grade reviews to come at the end of the year. He's fucking sick of ninth graders. He's practically full of them. That's right. These are suicide jokes. Don't. That's right. These are suicide jokes. <laughs> that's right. You can't. You can't get too bad about them because you know who I am. <laughs> you know what was coming. <laughs> what are you gonna pretend? What are you gonna pretend? Huh? Just trying to do a little transition, a little humor, a little charm. Let everybody actually fucking pay me if they want to, all that kind of thing. Little, little, little joie de vivre, make this place my little pied de terre. I'm doing that specifically for one of you ladies of the night, and I hope that you're enjoying every part of it. Uh, <laughs> just trying to circle the earth a little bit, right? Just trying to dig in. 
<laughs> and just make it so that this is my little place before we get into the porn. That's all. It's how I do it. It's how I like to be a host. Nobody ever teaches you how to be a host. And all I ever wanted to be was Johnny Carson. But I'm not Johnny Carson. And so I've got to figure out my own fucking thing to be. Uh, and I just got to... I just got to sort of walk into it. Uh, and so I'm just going to slowly try and ease into... Uh, the porn... All right. <clears throat> we call it the Cusack effect. Well, I call it that. But Ethan just laughs at me, at least until last Saturday afternoon. He may not show his pretty face so much anymore, but John Cusack was my very first crush. I mean, Google the guy. Floppy dark hair, squinty brown eyes, and that voice. He made Dimitri and Anastasia the number one crush for at least half the girls in my elementary school. The one we'd squeal about on the playground. All the Disney princes sound the same. And then here comes Cusack, putting his own velvet tongue spin on the whole trope. Just like he did with rom-coms. I enthuse for the millionth time as Ethan pulls up High Fidelity on streaming. Great choice. Love High Fidelity. Also for the millionth time. Like, he could play a nerd without all the toxic masculinity Gamergate shit that came out with it. Or he was an outcast. The kind who was misunderstood and okay with it. Confident, even. I understood that Say Anything has problematic elements, but... Like the borderline stalking? He hits play, then pause, so I can continue ranting and raving. Like the borderline stalking, I agree, as Ethan sinks down on the couch, we rescued from the curb after unpacking the last box in our very first shared apartment. But in your eyes, though, I clutch my heart and fall back. As always, he catches me, I lean back against his chest and watch his hands slide over my forearms, light brown over vampire pale, until I'm completely encased. My home life growing up was dramatic, to say the least. Watching John Cusack movies with my mom on her good days was one of the few moments in my childhood I was at peace. From moment one with Ethan, when I stood behind him in line and he bought my latte, I always feel safe. Lips brushing my ear, he murmurs, I'm still not putting on a trench coat or holding up a boombox. Nobody's perfect. 
High Fidelity has everything. Breakups, makeups, a depiction of Chicago, our beloved home city that's actually accurate for most of us. Life exists far beyond Michigan Avenue. A soundtrack that holds up to this day. Kinks, Beta Band, Velvet Underground. And best of all, Cusack in all his glory. No longer an 80s teen dreamboat, but a tall drink of water who broods on the L train in worn-in band t-shirts. It looks so soft. Bantering with Jack Black while learning how to be a better man. <laughs> I, li- I like that bantering with Jack Black is, is, the, is the high part of her. Oh. I, I, I'm glad she didn't take in the, the, the punch a hippie moment because there's a punch a hippie sequence. Get that patchouli stink out of my store right now. <laughs> I may High Fidelity may have been my breakup movie for a couple of years. I may have seen High Fidelity way too many times. Okay, and then Michael Stipe's gonna come over here and make it right. Okay, I'll stop doing High Fidelity quotes. <clears throat> Don't get me started on the funeral that leads to the rainy car sex. Speaking of sex. In my usual bum-around Saturday gear of flannel Old Navy and a Hanes tank, hardly the corset and fishnets I don for special occasions. But the way Ethan is running his finger over his knee, creepily, steadily up my thigh, he's clearly feeling my ensemble. I flash back to years ago, pre-Ethan. <sighs> Speaking of sex, let's have a flashback. I flash back to years ago, pre-Ethan. A rare moment of calm in my house when my parents were away. One of the weeks they were actually getting along. I was 18 and had my boyfriend over, a sweet guy from the Catholic school who bore more than a passing resemblance to Cusack and better off dead. This okay? Ethan rumbles in my ear, hand moving higher as Cusack rumbles about his five worst exes. I nod and arch to give him easier access, the back of my head touching his shoulder, a perfect fit. I remember my sweet first boyfriend asking the same thing during Better Off Dead before unhooking my bra with clumsy teenage hands. Eventually, I helped him, and we laughed nervously before his eyes took in my breasts, nipples, pointed right toward him. His eyes widened, and he promptly ate me out. Inexperienced, but open to instruction, my hands with their dark blue nails gently moving his head where it needed to go, my body experiencing its first non-self-induced orgasm as he sucked my clit, and Muddy Waters' mannish boy blared in the background. The Cusack effect is real. The boy I broke up with in college, but now I have Ethan. My handsome Puerto Rican Shakespearean actor with crystal blue eyes, who still buys me lattes, found us third floor walk up with plenty of natural light I crave, and had appreciated my Cusack love from the very beginning. He looks nothing like John. He's even better. On screen, Cusack enters a club in a baggy button-down. I may have bought Ethan one that looks just like it, as sultry Lisa Bonet sings Peter Frampton. Unlike my sweet high school boyfriend, 
Ethan doesn't need to be told where to put his hands. I turn my head and our mouths meet, gently at first, like our very first kiss outside the dive bar with the popcorn machine that would become our favorite. I could smell the salty kernels in the air as our lips and tongue became friends with one another. I went home with him that night. When you know, you know. Now I can taste his favorite sour gummy worms as the kisses grow intense in a way it hadn't been in a while, thanks to long-term coupledom and cohabitation. He hadn't shaved in a week, and all the stubble is silky under my fingertips. I stroke the soft tuft of hair at the back of his neck, softly knead just the way he likes. Ethan moans into my mouth, warm hand moving up my torso and cupping my breast, nipples stiff under the thin fabric. It's almost hotter that he's still on the outside of my clothes, as if someone could catch us at any second. My lips move back from his mouth to his neck, and I gently bite his earlobe. I can feel his cock hardening against my lower back. I push my ass back against him, and he moans, louder this time. My hand, his hand that's not playing with my tits, is sliding over my body, teasing up my thigh to just below the hem of my boxers, and when I buck up, frantically trying to move it higher, he just laughs. Asshole. I whisper, but two can play that game, and as Cusack directs his hipster girl into the soul section of the championship vinyl, I push Ethan to a seated position and straddle him, my clothed pussy on top of his cock. Oh, shit. He sighs as I capture his mouth again, grinding my hips and rubbing my tits against his t-shirted torso. His hand brushes my bare shoulder blade to take my hair, and in my fist, he pulls just hard enough to tip my head back so he can devour my neck. His hands are everywhere, first in my hair, then brushing my aching breasts, then traveling down to squeeze my ass, almost frantic, like he's trying to memorize me, even though he knows my body better than anyone ever has. I need even more touch, more contact, just more. So while Cusack and his ex have a loaded conversation about who slept with whom, I pull away, look Ethan directly in the eye, and pull my tank top over my head. His eyes widen just like my first boyfriend's long ago, but instead of diving in like I desperately want him to, Ethan nuzzles the space between my breasts, teasing me with his silky stubble and warm breath with just a hint of tongue. Come on, I groan, but he takes his sweet time, brushing his fingertips over the sensitive skin before gently sucking on one nipple, then another, going back and forth as he moves underneath me, cock rubbing against my wet, still frustratingly clothed pussy. I fumble from the hem of his dead Kennedy shirt, and his hot skin against mine almost sets me off right then and there. Oh, Jesus, I whisper as he pulls me down for a deep kiss before full-on diving into my bare cleavage. Taken, I encourage him, shoving his head into my tits, and before I know it, I'm coming the combination of his hard cock against my clit, his soft mouth, and his skilled hands 
is too much for me to bear and for one more unfulfilled second. As I ride him into my first orgasm, I throw my head back and crack at the ceiling that looks like a half-moon coming into sharp, sweet focus. Need some relief, sweetheart? I whisper into Ethan's ear as I'm coming down, and he nods frantically as I tug his shorts to reveal his smooth pink cock. The first time I saw it, bigger than any I'd taken in the past, I nearly had a heart attack. But now that I'm fully aware that, unlike most men, he knows just how to use the gift he's been given. Oh, hello there, big boy. I whisper, sinking to my knees, knowing any burn I get from our target rug will be highly worth it. I'll be honest. If there's one thing I love more than watching Cusack on screen, it's sucking my boyfriend's cock in real time. Now, I get both. Taking the base firmly in one hand, I silently thank my friend who taught me to give better blowjobs during college threesome and lick the tip, sighing in satisfaction as a drop of precum makes itself known. I start to slow and shallow, sucking him softly and using my hands more than my mouth, taking a deep breath in through my nose and go for the deep throat. Fuck. Ethan groans, loud and deep. I smile in satisfaction, my mouth full of him. Instead of shoving my head down, he runs his fingers through my hair, then starts massaging my scalp. I hum in satisfaction, bobbing his head up and down as I take him, striking my ass up in the air and wiggling it for him just a little, just to tease. You're going to make me come with that shit. He warns, and I lift my head. Is that something you want? I ask. On screen, Cusack just scored with Lisa Bonet, but he's still thinking about the one he really loves. Off screen, Ethan looks down at me, kneeling before him, his blue eyes glowing in the early afternoon light. I want to be inside you. Well then, I purr, shucking my shorts so that he can see I've gone commando. I aim to please. But before we fuck, I stand over him, sliding one finger into myself, and then another, feeling my own wetness as I fuck myself, as his eyes widen. What are you doing to me? He moans. I smirk, biting my lip. Just making sure you are serious. I straddle him, thanking the flying spaghetti monster for the IUD and monogamy, so we don't have to worry about running upstairs for condoms we still keep on hand for emergencies. Jesus, you feel so good. I whisper in his ear, running my tongue along the edge and biting his earlobe as I rub against his cock like I did before. My clit's so stiff, I'm surprised it doesn't pop off. He takes my nipple in his mouth, two can play at this game apparently, and I need to feel him in me now. 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 I hear lovelorn Cusack monologuing, and it's the perfect soundtrack for me to oh-so-slowly sink onto Ethan's cock, the lovely harness getting further and further inside my wet cunt while he kisses my throat. Placing my hands on the back of the couch for leverage, I begin to ride him with increasing speed, getting close once again. Baby, make yourself come around me. 
he rumbles, and I have no choice but to obey, fingers finding my clit, loving the feel of his thick, hard cock inside me, my inner walls hugging him as I stimulate myself from the outside. There it is. I cry, my voice getting high and breathy, just like it does before my most intense orgasms. And suddenly, we both explode as he thrusts harder up into me, and I see stars all around before looking into his eyes and hearing the next scene start up, knowing this here and now, with him, with Cusack, with my memories, is exactly where I want to be. The Cusack Effect by Lauren Emily. (laughs) I have never read a female piece where there was no aftercare at all. Don't get me wrong, this is not a criticism, it's just an observation. I've never read a female written piece where there was none at the end. It was just ba-boom! And continue to watch the movie. And dismount. (laughs) Is that how it works? Has daddy been doing it wrong all these years? I guess I guess I need to guess I need to put on some Cusack. I'm going to just tell you girls right now, if we watch Cusack movies, I'm probably not going to fuck you, especially if it's better off dead. If it's better off dead, you're going to have the worst experience because I will 100% be waiting for every ex- every chance and every opportunity to go, if we watch better off dead, I, I live for that shit. That's my five golden rings. Just, two dollars. Two dollars. Like, I'll do a different voice every time. Two dollars. Two dollars. Two dollars. I love it. I love that fucking kid. Definitely not fucking you. Because there's no opportunity in that movie where that kid doesn't pop up soon enough. Like, we can wait for the movie to be over. But I'm not going to fuck you until I get to the end of it. Because let me tell you, when that kid ends up during the ski slash is it skiing or snowboarding is it snowboarding skiing it's skiing at the end when he ends up in the skiing act three and he's there the first time i saw that fucking movie i laughed so hard the fucking paper boy is in act three of better off dead he's still after the two bucks he's in the ski race going for it oh my god you think i'm gonna fuck you during that shit it's not going to happen. I could fuck you during sharp objects easier than better off dead. I could fuck I could fuck you to <laughs> Who saw sharp Did anybody see sharp objects? Uh-oh. <laughs> that was a great joke, but it was too dark. Uh... <laughs> I could fuck you during Oh god. What's 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 something more offensive than that? The Matthew Shepard story? (laughs) I can fuck you through the Matthew Shepard story easier than Better Off Dead. I can fuck fuck you through that. I can fuck you through Planet Earth easier than most John Cusack movies. I'm just telling you right now. 
I want to watch Cusack too. He's always getting into shenanigans. Hot Tub Time Machine? Classic. Love it. I've seen it way too many times. I've seen Hot Tub Time Machine more times than the editor of the movie Hot Tub Time Machine. I'm not proud of that, but it has happened. I've got a, I got a soft spot for almost everybody in that fucking movie, and they all came together just to ruin my productivity for 2013. Uh, all right, second story. <clears throat> Cold, bluish light filtered in through the half-shut curtains, slowly dragging Persephone from sleep. It was what passed for dawn in the underworld, and, like so many things in her new home, it had quickly gone from strange and alien to comforting. She let out a sleepy sigh and turned over so she could curl up behind Hades, who was still snoring lightly. Persephone squirmed closer, slinging her arm and leg over his body to better press her naked front to the warm skin of his back and her face to the curve of his neck. His fine black hair smelled faintly of asphodel blossoms, and she huffed out a laugh at the memory of his slightly constipated expression when she placed the flower crown on his head the day before. It's unkind to laugh at your husband, he mumbled, his voice already deep, further roughened by sleep. Persephone grinned and laid a soft kiss on his shoulder. I'll try to remember that, she said, she wormed her other leg between his shins, effectively trapping his leg between both of hers, and arched against him. Can I make it up to you? She whispered, leaning in to suck his earlobe between her teeth. Hades let out a shuddering sigh as her breath stirred the hairs at the nape of his neck. At the nape of his neck. Always bargaining with me he complained, but she could hear the want in his voice. More than that, she could feel the muscles of his stomach tensing as she trailed her fingers downward in the trail of wiry hair. Persephone wrapped her hand around his cock, which was already thickening. I wouldn't want you to go soft on me. That won't be a problem he said, voice shaky, and he jerked forward slightly and thrust into her hand. She grinned possessively into his neck and stroked him, savoring the way that he filled out and stiffened in response to her touch. He tried to keep quiet, but wasn't quite able to stop his low moan when she twisted her wrist just right on the upstroke. After a few moments of teasing, she released his cock and unwound her leg from his. Hades immediately turned over and pinned her beneath his weight, then leaned in. He hungrily devoured her mouth, his lips soft but insistent, and tasting the ambrosia of their sweet-tart hint of pomegranate. 
Persephone moaned and buried her fingers in the messy spill of his black hair, arching up when he began mouthing at her neck. Hades, 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 she chanted, her higher brain functions shorting out at the feel of her husband's teeth on her pulse point. His laugh vibrated through her chest and into hers, and dragged her out of her lust-fueled daze. She smacked him lightly on his shoulder. Someone once told me it was unkind to laugh at one's spouse, she scolded, causing him to look up and meet her gaze. A small smile danced around his lips, gray-blue eyes sparkling with mirth, and Persephone felt her chest tighten at the sight. After all they'd been through, after all she'd put them through, to be able to still have this was a miracle she would not squander. Hades seemed to sense something had changed, and his expression quickly went flat. Don't you dare, she whispered, voice fierce. That shocked him into stillness, and before he could recover, she pushed him onto his back and straddled his hips. I can read you like a scroll, Hades, she said, planting one hand on his shoulder to brace herself while she wrapped the other around his cock. His breath hitched, and he grabbed reflexively at her, his fingers digging into the soft curves of her hips. Persephone let her eyes flutter closed, and she lowered herself onto him, canting her hips slightly to better angle, until their thighs met, and he was fully sheathed inside her. She let out a long, shuddery breath that sat up straight, letting herself adjust to the feeling of fullness. Hades's cock was long but slender, with an upward curve near the tip that rubbed the perfect spot inside her with each thrust. She pulled her bottom lip between her teeth and rolled her hips, dragging a groan from her husband, and her inner walls fluttered and her ample breasts bounced. Good? she asked. Very, he breathed, his fingers tightening around her hips. Her grin turned wicked, and she raised herself up on her knees until just the head was still inside her. Good, she repeated, satisfaction thick in her voice, then sunk back down, pulling a ragged groan from Hades, she began to ride him slowly at first, then speeding up as she found a rhythm which stuttered when his hands had migrated from her waist to knead at her breasts, pinching and rolling her nipples between his fingers. Persephone leaned forward and clutched at his shoulders for support. He laughed and leaned up to capture her mouth in a kiss, threading his fingers through her hair to keep her form sitting back up. Beautiful, he whispered, his breath warm against her lips. So beautiful. Persephone sucked in a harsh breath before pressing her mouth to his forcefully, determined to show him how beautiful he was. She sucked his lower lip in between her teeth and rolled her hips, her clit rubbing deliciously against the rough curls that grew at the base of his cock. She repeated the motion, then again and again, sending jolt after jolt of pleasure through her body. One of Hades' hands cupped her head, 
while the other skated down her back to trace the curve of her ass, holding her lightly as she rutted herself against him, face pressed into the curve of his shoulder. She panted, her orgasm building low in her belly. When she came, it was with a groan of Hades's name and the taste of his skin on her tongue. She slumped into him, savoring the feel of her cunt spasming around his still hard cock. God, Zeus, she muttered absently. Hades growled and then flipped her over onto her back and sheathed himself inside her one smooth movement. Don't call on my brother when you're in my bed, he hissed, punctuating his order with a punishing thrust. Persephone whimpered and spread her thighs wider to accommodate him, fingers scrabbing for purchase of his sweet, slick shoulders as he caged her with his arms. Only you, she promised, wrapping her legs around his hips as he fucked into her. Only you, she repeated, canting her hips up until the cock rubbed her G-spot just right, and she hissed in pleasure. Ah, oh, yes. There. He leaned in and bit at her neck, sucking at a bruise into her skin. Mine, he growled, soothing the hurt with his long swipes of his tongue, and the possessive note in his voice was enough to tip her over the edge. She came hard, arching against him and digging her fingernails into his biceps, and he followed her soon after, her name a soft benediction on his lips. She caught her breath first, untangling her legs from hands and stroking his hair. He tried to move, but she held him close, enjoying the press of his body on hers. Well, that was new, she said finally, grinning against his temple. He popped himself up on his forearms, taking the majority of his weight off of her. His softening cock slid free of her body and she whined pathetically at the sudden emptiness. Did I hurt you? He asked, dark brow furrowed with concern, eyes tracking down the body to look for any sign of distress. Definitely not, Persephone said, leaning up to kiss him. She winced as the motion tightened and muscles under the blossoming bruise on her neck. Before Hades could say anything, she pressed a finger to his mouth. Okay, you did a little, but I liked it. So, you can just stop brooding before you even start. She pressed a kiss to his lips. Got it? He finally smiled and returned a kiss softly. I've got it. Good, she said after a long, lazy kiss. Now... Either let me up, or let Thanos know that we'll be punishing petitioners hours back. Hades grinned down at her. The dead aren't exactly going anywhere, he said, and moved in to kiss her again. Comfort Me with Pomegranates by Shiny Carey, K-A-R-I, all one word, Shiny Carey. <clears throat> yes, thank you to whoever suggested it. Guys, 
this show runs on tips, so let's get one more tip link up. Get enough tips, and I'll read two more stories. Otherwise, this will be the last one. Don't worry, it's a nice, long story. Throw in the tips, and I'll be happy to keep on going. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but you should definitely buy me a fucking pizza and some weed after tonight. Don't you think? Oh, my God, listen to the show I'm putting on. Listen to how good I sound. <laughs> yes, you should. Should I? Yes, you should. Should I? Yes, you should. Should I really? Yes. My hard-earned money to you? Absolutely. This is this is as good as I can get at selling. I'm not really a seller on myself, so that's what I do. <laughs> I I have to go way overstated because I can't do the I can't do the friendly. I can't do it. I can't. I listen to so many podcasts and I just admire how so many of those hosts are like. <laughs> Anyways, that's really fun. And here is a message from a sponsor. You know, I love using Tampex all the time. As a guy on the go, Tampex is my brand of choice. I know that I don't feel comfortable unless that I've got a complex of Tampex. Anyways, what were we saying? Like, I can't, I don't, I, every time I hear that, I die a little. I really do. Apparently, I've been listening to this one podcast for six and a half years. And every year, er, every week for six and a half years, a guy's made a new website with Squarespace. Every week. What are the odds? Every week he's got a new website to tell us. Guys, just this week I made a new I made a new site with Squarespace and it was so, it was a every week for six and a half years you've done that? No shame. No shame whatsoever. How do how do I get that? If life's like a Metroidvania, I want that I want that Donald Trump ability so bad where I can just go, nuh uh. No matter what anyone accuse, no matter what I or anyone else accuse myself, I just go nah, ah, uh, ah, uh, uh. oh, I don't think that's true. Have a whole repertoire <laughs> and continue on. <sighs> this story begins with my favorite thing ever: two dialogue tags with absolutely no information. Not one, but two people talking to each other, and we have no fucking clue who either is. So I'm going to just read these until I get to some information. Ready? Hey, are you ready yet? I heard him call from the basement. Oh, never mind. There's a hem from the basement of the stairs. Just a minute! He yelled back with my head tilted to the side as I finished putting on my last earring. <sighs> you can tell why a non-writer is all like, nah. uh I told you who was talking there. I'm putting in an earring. Do you think this is a Ryan Murphy show? I've clearly got a vag. All right. I'm going to stop saying Ryan Murphy show. I just really like Ryan Murphy shows, and he's always got a guy in cross-dress. That's all there is to it. You watch Ryan Murphy, a dude's going to show up in drag. Just give it time. <laughs> Not just Pose. Pose is the most off all of them. Every Ryan Murphy show. Nip Tuck. American Horror Story. All of them have a guy in drag. They've all got a giant transvestite on screen with big earrings and pearls, and it's always awesome. It's ne that character is never so-so. You're the character who shows up in drag is never like a kind of interesting character. 
like their backstories, like they used to run a muffin shop. No, they've killed a million people with fire and they hate themselves and they love booze, but they also hate demons. Like it's always something awesome. It's always like, okay, all right. It's like Omar from The Wire. It's like, okay, he's what now? On these streets? I'm invested. <laughs> Let's actually read the story now and get off Jack's fucking dick for one second. Come on, dude. Get off your own dick. Think about the pizza you can have if you finish up. Think about all the pizza you can have if you finish reading the stories. <laughs> my eyes took a final look over the reflection in the mirror, making sure everything was perfect for tonight as my hands reached my hips to flatten out my dress. I was reminded of the thought that had been plaguing my mind all day. My dirty fantasy had been with me for as long as I could remember, and tonight it was actually possible to go through with it. I wanted it to happen so badly, but I was worried that since we hadn't been dating for a very long time, it might scare him off. I stood there, staring at my spectacular curves, and thought to myself, fuck it. I pulled the skin-tight black dress up just for enough to get a thumb under the waistband of my panties, and I dropped them to the floor. Returning my attention to the mirror, I fixed my dress one last time before stepping out of my panties, grabbing my purse, and heating out, heading out of my bedroom door. Wow, he said as I walked down the stairs. What? I asked. Looking fine tonight. He said, his nose scrunched. Well, you're looking pretty sharp too, Mr. Fancy Suit. When I got to him at the bottom of the stairs, he pulled me into his arms and gave me one of those kisses that lets you know that you've been on his mind all day. I could feel his warm hand start working its way between my thighs. Can't we just stay here instead? He said with a smile. I pushed his hand away. Couldn't let him know of my little secret just yet. No, I want to give you a special surprise tonight. I said, and I moved closer, running my index finger down his shirt button. Come on, let's go. I took his hand and led him outside to my car. I could feel the gentle breeze blowing across my folds as I walked beside him on that cool summer evening. The dining hall was magnificent. Chandeliers shone down over the numerous round tables filled with people in their best formal attire. There were some people standing around chatting, but most of them had taken their seats already. Rebecca, I'm so glad you could make it. A man said as he approached me from a table. I turned to see who it was. Of course, Dave. You know I wouldn't miss this. And you must be Rob, he said, extending his hand to my date. I am. Nice to meet you, Rob replied, as the sound of someone fumbling with their microphone echoed over the speakers. Hello? The speaker at the front of the Grand Hall began, Have you found a seat yet? Dave asked. No. I replied. Perfect. 
Come with me, then. I think we still have room for two more, and it'll be a great opportunity for the board to finally meet you. The board? A sense of worry swept over me as he turned and started walking. I didn't want to meet the board of directors. Not tonight. Not without any panties. These people had the power to make or break my career. I couldn't risk fucking this up with them tonight. But I knew I had no choice. Dave wouldn't take no for an answer. I reluctantly followed him to the table. Hello, everyone. I'd like you all to meet Rebecca, Dave said as we stood beside our chairs. Ah, Rebecca, finally. An older man exclaimed from the far end of the table, You're the one who just closed the large Seho deal, correct? Uh, yeah, that's right, I stammered. Pleasure to finally meet you. We've been watching your work very closely. <laughs> Thank you, sir. It's been a pleasure to finally meet all of you as well. I said as we took our seats around the table. The directors all began to chatter opposite of us, and I sat there quietly, my mind torn between finally satisfying my needs and risking my entire career. Why did we have to sit with the directors? Anywhere else would have been just fine. Still, I wanted it so badly to tell Rob my dirty little fantasy. I want him to move close and run his fingernails all along my thighs until the pussy dripped with excitement. Rob grabbed his bottle of champagne from the bucket on ice on the table and poured a glass for each of us. Good. This should help me relax a bit. He handed me one and held his up, signaling a toast. We clinked our glasses together before each taking a sip. Welcome, everybody. We're excited to have so many of you here tonight for the fifth annual company gala. We had a lot of spectacular things to cover, including one of the largest contracts this company has ever. I could hardly pay attention to the speaker. The thought of Rob's hand slowly sliding under my dress until it came in contact with the juices seeping out of my pussy was too much to handle. If he would jest... The speaker continued. But before we begin, I know you're probably all starving. Let's bring out the food. The crowd began to chatter, and the directors at the table started taking about talking about the next big contract they were dealing with. This would be the perfect opportunity to tell Rob about my secret. If only I could bring myself to do it. I took another sip of champagne and thought of myself. There's no harm in just telling him. If nothing else... It would guarantee intense sex later tonight. I took a deep breath and leaned close to his ear. Uh, so, tonight? No matter what happens here, you won't hold it against me, right? He looked at me, obviously confused. Uh, sure. Swallowing my shame, I lowered my voice even further. Well, I'm... I'm... Never mind. Shit. Now he probably thinks I'm a total dork. <laughs> Go ahead, sweetheart. You've already got halfway out there, he said with a grin. I felt more relaxed as our eyes met. He always had a comforting air around him. <clears throat> well, ha uh, ha. Uh, I'm, uh, I exhaled. I'm not 
wearing any panties. But I don't want you to think anything of that yet. I haven't... Before I could finish my sentence, Rob's warm hand came to rest on my thigh. My heart jumped, and I looked deep into his hazel eyes, half scared, half aroused. The sensation of his gentle yet firm grip rippled through my thigh. Don't worry, he said. I understand. His hand not moving, my heart was racing and my chest clenched. The speaker approached the microphone once again, and just before the crowd went silent, I leaned over to his ear one more time. Turn, so they can't see. My state of arousal allowed me to act more freely on my impulses. We both pulled in our chairs, my stomach pressed against the table with the tablecloth draping over my lap. Rob turned his body to the left, facing the speaker, and to me. He pressed his side against the table and used his wide shoulders to block the view from behind. I could feel the tablecloth moving on my lap as his hands slowly crept underneath it. My breathing quickened slightly as his hand slid up my thigh, this time hidden completely from sight. He poked his thumb just under the bottom of my dress. I did my best to pretend as if nothing were happening and focused my eyes on the speaker. I spread my legs just a little, showing him that it was okay to continue deeper. My attention may have appeared to be on the speaker, but now... He was nothing but background noise. My mind was stuck in the grasp of the strong hand between my thighs. Rob gripped my leg just inches away from my snatch, forcing me to gently bite my lower lip in order to contain my excitement. He continued moving closer and closer, tingling every inch of skin along the way. I took a quick look around to make sure nobody ever noticed anything yet before spreading my legs even wider, practically begging for him to take me. The excitement almost took over as his fingers finally grazed the lips of my pussy. My heart pounded as he slid his fingers up and down my outer lips before finally taking a shallow dive into my juices. He slowly spread the evidence of my desire up and over my clit, I could feel his arrogance radiating towards me, as if he thought this was some kind of game, to see how much I could take before I moaned. His fingers slid down to the base of my pussy and started teasing my opening. I wanted it so bad, but I knew I might not be able to contain myself any longer if he penetrated me. But before I could stop him, he slipped one finger into my wet cunt, causing me to force a fake cough to mask my pleasure sound, and it half escaped. A nervousness filled my body as the director across from us turned and looked for a short move moment before turning his attention back to the speaker. Rob sat there with his finger half an inch inside, not moving a muscle. He waited long enough for any possible suspicions to die off before continuing deeper. The thought of him inside me, with all these unsuspecting people around us, drove me crazy. And the real thing was even hotter. I had trouble containing myself. I desperately wanted his cock in me, right now. I wanted him to bend me over and lift my dress to expose my bare ass, to have him push me down on the table and fuck me 
with everyone watching in shock. I couldn't take it any longer. I needed release. I started gathering up my purse as Rob watched with a confused expression. His fingers slipped out of my pussy as I got up from the table, heading to the bathroom. I leaned against a marble counter in the ladies' room and fumbled with my phone as I fetched it from my purse. I sent him a text as quickly as I could. Bathroom. Now. I waited inside, rubbing my desperate pussy against the counter as I pretended to fix my hair. A moment later, my phone vibrated on top of the counter. I didn't waste any time checking the message. I knew who it was. I met him outside the bathrooms. As attractive as I always found Rob, he appeared even more attractive now with my pussy craving him. I grabbed hold of his tie and dragged him back into the ladies' room. Oh, someone's a little frisky, he said. I pulled him into the large stall at the far end of the bathroom and shut the tiny door behind us. Pushing him up against the wall, I ran my fingers through his hair as my lips crashed onto his. I could feel his cock getting hard almost instantly. I pressed my body up against him. We don't have long, I said, crouching down to unbutton his pants. Oh, wow, he said. I frantically pulled his cock out and was amazed at the amount of precum soaked to the tip of it. He clearly enjoyed fingering me at the table. I slowly licked up his slit, tasting the salty liquid, before taking the head of it into my mouth. My lips took long, fast strokes, pursed around his shaft. Pulling the waistband of his briefs down, I began gently fondling his balls. His hands began running through my hair, his legs quivering in front of me. I couldn't take it any longer. I stood back up and turned myself around before bending over in front of him, pulling my dress up. I exposed my needy cunt. He grabbed me by the hips and thrust his cock deep inside my wet snatch. I braced myself, using the railing in front of me. I could hear him quietly grunting behind me as he thrust hard and fast, my pussy finally getting what it needed. Rob gathered his hair behind my head and pulled my head a bit. I knew I had to resist making any noise, but he was pressing all of my buttons. I bit my lip to prevent myself from accidentally letting out too much sound. I pulled on my hair harder. He pulled on my hair harder, bringing me up to meet him halfway. His other hand reached around my body and grabbed a hold of my breast, pulling me in tightly. I could feel his hot breath on my ear, his grunting now louder than before. Shh. I threw a hand around to his hips. I could hear something. He stopped with his cock deep inside me and let my hair fall down around my face. We both stood in silence, listening to the sound of high heels clomping on the tiled floor. We didn't dare move at the sound as it got louder and louder, echoing through the bathroom. We heard the first stall door open. Ew, she said and shut the door. Her heels clomping again with the, heard the second Stall, door, open. Ugh, are these people animals? She whined. I could feel Rob's pelvis gently moving against my ass as he held in a laugh. Don't laugh. Please don't laugh. There was one more door between us and her. I could feel my nervous heart pounding harder in my chest as she opened the door and the Black Hills entered the stall behind us. I prayed that Rob was standing far enough away that she wouldn't see his shoes behind mine. 
the lady sat down and undid her business before standing back up. She washed her hands and headed towards the exit, the sound of her heels dissipating into the distance. As soon as we could hear that she had left the bathroom, Rob growled gently in my ear. Maybe we're the animals she was talking about. He pressed his cheek gently against the back of my head and tightened his grip on my breast before he started thrusting his dick in and out of my wet cunt once more. With his free hand, Rob reached around my body and headed straight for my clit. He pressed his fingers into my juices and used his powerful thrusts from behind to rub me against them. Not being able to satisfy my needs, I grabbed his hand and made him rub faster. I bit down hard on my lips and tried my best to stay quiet. If I came in here, surely someone would hear my echo. I'm going to come, he said as he pulled out. I turned around quickly and crouched in front of him so I could take his drenched cock into my mouth as he released a huge load down my throat. I swallowed it all before licking him clean and tucking his cock back into his pants. I was somewhat relieved that I didn't come and contain my sound, but my pussy was still begging for more. We fixed our clothes and hair quickly before I made my way to the exit of the bathrooms, leaving him in the stall. I poked my head out of the door only far enough that I could see if anyone was around. It's clear, I said, just loud enough so that he could hear me. I needed a moment to recover myself, but for some reason, he was able to act completely normal, heading straight back to the table alone. I spent a few minutes fixing myself in the mirror and heading back to the natural colors once they returned to my face. The dinner ended, and we both knew it was on. We got up as quickly as we could, heading straight for the car. I wasn't worried about the directors anymore. There would be another opportunity to impress them. He led me by the hand, not wasting any time. When he got to the car, he sat for a few seconds in a tense silence until finally Rob cleared his throat. So... He said, Yeah, I replied. Mm-hmm. You know, I said softly, I'm still not wearing any panties. I was hoping you would say that. He said, with a hint of regret in his voice, Huh? Why? Well, I was hoping I could contain myself until we got back to your place. His eyes glazed over me hungrily. But I can see that's not going to happen. He leaned over the console toward me, his lips meeting mine as hand went straight to the back of my dress, directly for my pussy. We shouldn't. People will be walking around any moment now, I said, pushing him away with little conviction, my needs still unfulfilled. Rob grinned wolfishly. We'd better get back in, then. Without hesitation, he put both arms under my body, lifting me up and throwing me into the back seat. I spread my legs and pulled up the dress, exposing my cunt to him. He followed, crawling like an animal over the center console, laying me down. He climbed on top of me and slid a finger into my pussy, which was still soaking wet from before. It hadn't been completely satisfied yet, and my thoughts weren't able to leave his cock the entire night. His fingers bent curling around my G-spot, and he moved to bite my neck. Pushing me down further in the seat, I could smell his musky scent all around me. 
the sound of his belt clinging through the car as he undid it with his free hand. Out of instinct, I reached down to him, desperate to grip his cock. I took his long, hard shaft into my grasp, stroking it up and down. My pussy needed it badly. I pulled him into the position between my legs and slid to tip up down my lubricated folds. I was screaming on the inside. I needed it. I pushed his cock down to my opening, letting out a moan of anticipation before he finally gave it to me. I reached down and rubbed my clit, and his powerful thrust filled me. Closing my eyes, I grabbed my tit with my free hand and squeezed. Each of his thrusts brought me more and more pleasure. Weird voices getting closer. They'll never see it coming. One of them laughed. Two of them stopped behind the car we parked to the left of ours. Well, Bill, I should get home. My dog's probably torn apart a couch or two by now. One of them chuckled. All right, then. I'll see you tomorrow, Bill replied with a laugh. Well, do. Have a good evening. We heard the door of the car beside us shut as we laid there, completely still, Rob still inside me, part of his bare ass exposed. The car backed out and drove off. I let out a sigh of relief. Good thing for those tinted windows, huh? Rob said. Those old guys probably wouldn't be able to see us anyway. We shared a short laugh that quickly died off as soon as our eyes locked in a lustful gaze. I could feel his cock pulse inside me now, instantly putting me back in the mood. He grabbed my hair behind my head and started thrusting in and out of my cunt as he groaned in my ear. I can feel an orgasm coming on as I rubbed myself furiously. Don't stop. I panted. Once the pulses started, there was no holding back. I was going to go over the edge. I squirmed under him as the buildup of tonight finally released. My pussy clenched down on his cock, and my fingers frantically tried digging into whatever they could. He let out a moan on top of me, bucking his hips and blowing his load deep inside me. Rob collapsed as he let out a deep sigh before sliding his cock out and tucking it back into his pants. He handed me some tissues from the console before getting back into the driver's seat. I stayed in the back, cleaning myself up. It was only a short drive home. Later that week, he called me again. Hey, my uh, company's having a ball next Friday. Are you interested? A tingle of excitement flowed through my body as his words entered my ear. Absolutely. <clears throat> Part 1 of Becoming Naughty in Public by Jamie Fuchs. F-U-C-H-S. Fuchs. It's the last link for tips. That means it's the last chance to go ahead and throw money in at me for tonight. Don't you want to throw just a little money at me if you haven't before? I know you do. And if you do, I'll just read this last story. I've got one last story, one last little porny story. Don't you want me to read the story? I've got to do I know, I know. You're all so happy with me. I'm so happy with all of you as well. I'm having a wonderful time. I hope you can hear it. I only make jokes about horrible things when I'm feeling fantastic. C'est la vie. It's how it is. It's how I roll, mofos. 
All right, all right. You girls have been very lovely tonight. I guess you get one last story. This is it, though. This is all you get. No more. Oh, I knew he'd come. All night he'd been eyeing me off, filling up my glasses with more and more alcohol, flirting with me. I had no choice but to sleep over. There is no way I'd be able to drive. Melissa, my boss, had passed out on the couch earlier. We'd been working long hours and finishing a huge account. Melissa was the nicest person and a great boss. There was not a chance I'd ever think of doing her wrong. She'd given me a job when no one else had ever given me the time of day. I was so appreciative of her. But now, this. Her husband coming into my room unannounced. What should I do? She invited me to her house to celebrate. Well, me and the rest of the staff. She lived in a ritzy part of town, and I was curious to see what her home was like. Her husband's name was Ronnie. Not bad for an old guy. Had a good body. Probably worked out. Gray flecks in his hair. Oh, his eyes. They were hypnotic. When he shook my hand, he held it just a fraction too long, staring at me as though undressing me. It was as if something passed between us. So when he came and spoke to me, asking me all about my life and how I enjoyed working for Melissa, I knew it was only pretense that what he really wanted was sex. You could tell by the way his eyes roamed over my body, and I must admit, I was flattered. It was because I knew that he wanted that I foolishly thought I had the upper hand. I thought I could have a bit of fun, keep him at arm's length and boost my ego with the attention. But as the night wore on, my feelings for him grew, until having sex with him was the uppermost thought in my mind. Anyway, after playing, after plying me with drinks, to the point that I could barely walk in a straight line, he insisted I stay the night. He assured the others he'd drive me home the next morning and help me to the spare room. I staggered as we walked, accidentally brushing my breasts against his arm, wondering if I read the signs right, if he was really interested, or if I had just imagined it. After pulling down the donna, he left me there and said good night. I must say I was disappointed, but stripped down to my g-string, and jumped in between the cool satin sheets. So this was how the rich live, satin sheets even in the spare rooms. I could hear him helping Melissa to their room and the distinct sounds of her throwing up. I guess she wouldn't be getting up so early tomorrow. I peered around the room, mirrored ceiling, very kinky, floor-to-ceiling windows looking out onto the marina, antique furniture, half-nude prints on the wall. Staring up at the mirror, I threw back the donut and looked at my reflection. I ran a hand over my breasts, enjoying the feel of my nipples as they hardened, and wondering what Ronnie was doing in his room, if Melinda 
Melissa had passed out, or if maybe they were making love. I imagined them naked, and it certainly turned me on. I imagined his body, his toned legs, his cock. In my mind's eye, I could see him mounting her, his broad back above her as he positioned himself between her thighs. It had been stupid of me to think that he'd been interested. Now I'd have to face him in the morning, and I blushed when I thought about how stupid I'd been. When I heard the doorknob handle turn, I went still. My heart thumped in my stomach as it fluttered. I only managed to pull the donor halfway up to my breasts, and they were still exposed. I kept my eyes closed and my breathing shallow, wanting him to think I was half unconscious, almost asleep due to the alcohol. In reality, I was wide awake and desperate for a good fuck. He pulled the donut down, exposing my almost naked body. For moments, he just stared. But when his rough hand stole down between my legs, I moaned and tried to roll over. You know, move away from him. It was only a half-hard attempt, and he quickly rolled me back. Hey, I murmured, still pretending to be out of it. He dropped his robe to the floor and stood there naked, staring down at me. Through half-opened eyes, I saw his silhouette in front of the window, and from what I could see, he was very fit, with a large, erect cock. Very nice. He murmured, running his hand down my torso, and I flushed at his compliment. He placed his hand ever so lightly on the side of my face, and for a second I thought he might leave. But then his fingers trailed downward over my breast, causing goosebumps to appear. He leaned forward, his fingers groping around at my panties, and with a quick tug, he ripped them right off. I gasped thrilled and excited by his forcefulness. In a flash, he was down at my snatch, quickly nuzzling in, licking me with the flat of his tongue like a lion, the lioness. I peered up at the mirror, memorized by our, mesmerized by our reflection. My God, I looked so hot with him buried between my open thighs, I dropped them further open, grabbing at my breasts and massaging them in awe at how spectacular we looked together. My legs tightened around his head, and I heard his murmur of approval. Encouraged, I moved my pelvis further to his mouth, squirming with desire, letting him know I was eager to participate as I continued to watch myself being ravished by an almost stranger. I let out a moan when his tongue slipped down further before he pulled my legs apart, pushing them upward, so he could access me better. He ran his tongue around my pluckered hole. I tensed, trying to bring him back up, but he wouldn't allow me. No one had ever done that to me before. I heard a chuckle, and then he was spreading my cheeks further. Finger was pushing in, gently. With one finger gently probing my hole, his thumb found my clit, and he began to rub. I was so hot, trying hard to stifle my moans as he rubbed quicker. I could feel my pussy gaping open, my nub hard, juices dribbling from me as he masterfully brought me to a hard, sweet 
orgasm. Every time I leaned back, I <clears throat> every time I leaned back, I could see us in the mirror, and my pussy became hotter as I imagined Melissa in the other room sleeping, while her husband made me come over and over again. I grabbed at my breasts, pulling my nipples, tugging them, pinching and squeezing, enjoying the exquisite pain I was evoking. The thought of a threesome and living in this sort of home thrilled me beyond belief. I relaxed, letting my legs drape open again as it continued to devour me. Then his wet mouth was climbing up my body, kissing my navel, lingering over my breast before kissing me with such passion I thought I'd pass out. I could taste myself on his tongue, and his mouth was all over my eyes, chin, and neck. I gasped as I felt his huge knob probing around my pussy. I felt my legs wider to accommodate him. I'd never experienced one so hard and thick before. I was dying to see it. I wanted to throw on the lights and see him in all his glory. I never thought an old guy could be such a stud. I suppose experience stands for a lot because he surely knew what he was doing. I was shocked at my own behavior, how quickly I had turned into a wanton slut. Melissa had been so good to me, and here I was, fucking her husband in her beautiful home. Spreading my thighs apart, Ronnie leaned in, opening me further. My pussy yawned at him, his knob probed for only a fraction of a second before sliding right in, all the way to the hilt. God, it felt fantastic. His shaft, hard and thick, slipping in and out of me while his mouth and teeth nibbled at my neck. He rolled over, pulling me with him so I straddled him, his cock so deep inside me that my arse cheeks grazed his balls and pubic hair as I bounced up and down. Then he was pushing me back, so I was resting on my hands. My clit pushed forward, hard and pulsating. He rubbed magically over the nub expertly bringing me to the most amazing orgasm. I wanted to scream as my juices dribbled out of me and down his pelvis. Maneuvering me over again, he lifted one leg, ground himself into my pussy while my leg flopped about madly. Fuck me harder, I demanded, and he obliged, slamming into me like a madman. I've never come so much in my life. When I thought it might be over, he slapped my thigh and hoisted me into the doggy position. Kneeling behind me, he slapped at my cheeks. I was scared that the noise would wake Melissa, but he didn't seem to be. Welts rose, and he ignored them, kept slapping and grabbing my ass. My pussy was twitching as he caressed my lips and slid in. The bed rocked, the force of the pounding so severe. My knees hurt, my legs were weak from the assault. And then he was pulling my arse cheeks apart, my finger probing my hole deliciously. With my juices dripping from his cock, he pulled away from me and began to probe my pluckered hole. I tensed. That monster could not possibly fit. 
I clenched and squeezed involuntarily. His thumbs gently pried my hole open, and there he was, licking at me, his tongue probing to where his fingers had been before. I relaxed and enjoyed what he was doing, and then his mighty knob slipped in. Then the shaft, before I knew it, he was all the way in, pumping carefully at first, and then, when I responded with such vigor and pleasure, we both came together, him pulling himself away to spray all over my back and oozing all over the bed. Collapsing together, I rolled over and clung on to him, eager for him to say, Stay. That was, that was fucking fantastic. I said, You're the best. He whispered, Really? I asked, pleased and hoping this might lead somewhere. You bet he said, squeezing my soft breast before rising and leaving me alone. I had trouble sleeping even though I was exhausted. Thoughts of what had just happened swirled through my brain. I couldn't wait to see him again in the morning, yet the thought of Melissa finding out sickened me. I heard someone up, so I showered quickly and made my way to the kitchen. Fortunately, it was Ronnie. He was making coffee, so I came up behind him and hugged his back. That was wonderful last night. I said, smiling up at him as he turned. It was, he said, smirking. Wasn't it wonderful, Melissa? I hopped back out of his arms and directly into Melissa, who had slipped into the room silently. My thoughts raced as I turned to look at her. Exquisite, she said. She reached out with both arms, the soft skin of her hands pushing the robe off my shoulders. She laughed upon seeing my face, which I'm sure was showing all of my emotions, fear, disbelief, and a little bit of hope. She leaned forward to softly kiss my mouth and looked directly into my eyes, smiling. You were a bad girl last night. I'm willing to keep you on, but I'm going to have to punish you. She said, I don't. I was having a hard time making words, still unsure of what she meant. Now, Hike up that gown and bend over, she barked, turning me roughly towards Ronnie, who was also smiling. Ronnie and I, we're going to have our way with you. That was My Boss's Husband by Eva Hoare, E-V-A-H-O-R-E, My Boss's Husband. Well, that was a lot of fun. Kind of a little twist ending. I guess Melissa was in the room. Guys, did you enjoy tonight? Because I know I enjoyed tonight. Did you enjoy tonight? I enjoyed tonight. I feel like I rocked some cocks out tonight. Thank you for everybody who requested all of that lovely poetry. We had a lot of lovely poetry tonight. Lots of fun, smut. I do want to see everybody who can make it to the Saturday matinee show. Not tomorrow, but a week from tomorrow on the 15th. Saturday matinee. Uh, the show will be, the timing will be up on the website starting tomorrow. Uh, I hope to see everybody there who can make it. It's going to be a rare Saturday matinee show so that everybody in Europe and Asia who has trouble uh, getting to the normal Friday night shows does have something more easy and available to them. I do want to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you guys. Thank you very much. I'm going to eat a pizza. I'm going to order a pizza. We're going to see what happens. Fingers crossed. I'm going to get a pizza and soda, and we're going to see what happens. I think I am. I think your girls have been very generous. I haven't looked yet. I don't like looking. 
Uh, <laughs> well, I'm in the middle of a show because I want to focus on the show. But I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna do it. And I'm watching Killing Eve. Has anybody seen Killing Eve before I close out? I'm watching all these great shows. Anybody watching Killing Eve? I'm on the first season of Killing Eve, and I'm just loving it. It's a really fun show. Yeah, there's a couple of people saying that they like it. Yeah. So a little pizza, a little soda, a little Killing Eve. Uh, there's gonna be music afterwards, though. So if anybody would like to join us, there's usually tunes in case maybe it doesn't happen this week. Generally, it does. You feel free to stay on the server. Feel free to chat. Everyone's very, very nice here, except for me. You know who I am, uh, so you know to expect that. But people around here, very, very sweet. Uh, and then there will be music. There's often music. Uh, I'll be jumping right in there in about ten, fifteen minutes. I'll be jumping in after I get my pizza, after I pet my kitty. Uh, from the bottom of my heart. The live shows are the most fun for me. This, it's been a weird road getting here, but now that I'm no longer sick and no longer there's no longer an error now with all the therapy, I really enjoy. She's always in bed. If I'm out here talking, she's always in bed. She knows this. This isn't for her. When she hears this voice, because this is kind of a stage voice, when she hears this voice and she hears me talking this much and this rapidly, she knows she's not going to get any attention. So she fucks right off. She sucks. She sulks and she fucks right off. There's no chance of any petting or attention, so she could not be less interested if she hears this voice. It's over. She's outie. She's figured it out. <laughs> uh, yeah, tomorrow night, 9 o'clock Eastern, we'll be finishing up Layers of Fear 2. There's a guy. He chases me. I don't like him very much. Uh... That's that's about what I got to say about Layers of Fear 2. Uh, there's a guy, there's some kids. They're British, I think, and they're starving to death, so that's pretty cool. There's two starving to death kids. That's enjoyable. But there's kind of a guy who chases me, and I don't like him. I don't like him very much. All right, guys. That is going to be it for me and the show. I hope everybody had a good time. Thank you to all the new girls who came out and said hello. You were so brave. I really do appreciate each and every last one of you. I know it can be intimidating. Trying to make it easier. Trying to make it more fun for you and for everybody. Thank you to everybody who tipped. Thank you to everybody who came out. Thank you to everybody who suggested something for me to read. Thank you to everybody who's just been kind to me. Thank you to everybody who sends in something supportive or constructive or uh, just just critical in a positive way uh, into the asks and all the rest. I'm going to jump out now. I'll see you in the music room in a few. Thank you guys very, 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 very much. Hope to see you all again very, very soon. That's the end of the recording.